We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Her entry into the crowded race for Chicago mayor surprised most people. Her determination and fortitude as she mounts her campaign should surprise no one. This weekend, we sit down with Cook County Circuit Court Clerk Dorothy Brown to talk government, the campaign, the courts, and keeping your head held high. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Louisiana-born Dorothy Brown has been clerk of the circuit court in Cook County since 2000, and she's been re-elected by huge margins four times since. She is an experienced and popular figure in Cook County politics, though she hasn't won every election she's entered. Ms. Brown fell short in attempts at the uh, Chicago City Treasurer, the mayor's race in 2007, and the 2010 race for Cook County Board President, but now... Court Clerk Brown is running for mayor, joining a crowd trying to unseat incumbent Rahm Emanuel at a time when the city is under tremendous financial pressure and federal help for cities is dwindling and the candidate herself faces a few headwinds. So this week we want to talk about why she wants the job again and why she believes she can win and what she will do if she does. <laughs> Clerk Dorothy Brown, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Well, uh, Madam Clerk, some people might ask why anyone would want to be mayor right now, but why do you want to be, especially in light of the crowded field that you're in and uh, the towering problems that the city faces? Well, Craig, I have a burden for the people. I have a special burden, especially for our children. I just believe that they need to have a better education so that they can not only compete locally but compete nationally. I have a burden for making sure that all of our parts of town are treated fairly and that um, that we have fair and equitable economic development throughout this city. And I have a burden for what's happening with our criminal justice system. I believe that I'm a proven leader with a proven track record with a heart for all of the city of Chicago. My, my hashtag is hope for all Chicago. Well, That's why I want to be mayor of the city of Chicago. Well, let me ask you, and first, let me give you a chance to detail how you think the man with the job now has gone wrong uh, or fallen short in the way that he confronts the kinds of challenges you just laid out. Well, I think the main thing, I mean, we can just look at this past week and how he approached the sexual abuse scandal for our children. And the first thing he said was that, He refused to uh, have an independent oversight. Well, you're talking about the lives of children, children that are being uh, sexually abused. That is the most disgusting thing that can ever be. And so you should pull out all the stops to make sure that you're doing everything to protect our children. Craig, there are probably girls and boys right now as we speak that are involved in sexual relationships with educators, and they probably think they love them. 
They need to be trained to know that that is sexual abuse. They need to have ways to report that and report that immediately along with their parents. And they need to be protected. And we need to pull out all the stops to do that. And so that was one of the main things that I, I saw. And, of course, the criminal justice system and how he's micromanaged that and not permitted the police department to do what they need to do or has not improved that system. Well, and let's first talk a little bit more about the uh, the sexual abuse. Uh, we're, of course, referring to what is the aftermath of a series that the Chicago Tribune ran, outlining stories of how the public schools have handled or mishandled uh, cases of sexual abuse by faculty, staff members, coaches. Um, with CPS now deciding to turn over the abuse cases to the system's inspector general, and they also are bringing in a former uh, federal prosecutor to examine the system as a whole. Does that mean Rahm Emanuel is doing the right thing at this point? Well, he t- well, there are a lot more things that he should be doing. First of all, I haven't seen a plan where they are actually um, opening up hotlines right now for children that are suffering. I haven't seen where they have sent a letter or some kind of explanation to the parents or even to the students to say what's going on and what their plan is, just to say I'm going to, and then to throw another half a million dollars. We need to look at all of this money that's being thrown at things. People seem to think that all we need to say that we're, we're going to put policies and procedures in place, say a few cute words like accountability and transparency, and then people we will just turn our heads away and let things go. No, there's not enough that's being done. I, if I was a parent, and I am a parent, of course, I have a daughter, but she's third, third, she's in her 30s. I won't say what she is because she'll probably get upset with me. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, if, you know, if I had a child in that school system, and, and all of them are our children, of course, then I would be just appalled. I would want to hear from the mayor. I would want to hear from uh, the, um, the, the CEO to let me know exactly what's being done. Um, you know, let, let's broaden this a bit. How do you think Cook County and, frankly, the city as a whole uh, are handling sexual harassment and bullying, and how, how have they been handling it over the years? Let's broaden it a little bit, uh, a lot. You know, Cook County uh, Board, uh, last year when all the various things came about, did an ordinance. Well, my office has been doing this since I've been in office, and even before there was a sexual harassment policy that was there when I got there, but I have improved upon it, made sure that everyone... Um, is trained in that area. We have a sexual harassment policy. I immediately have investigations open regardless of the level. Now, many times it doesn't rise to the level of sexual harassment by law, you know, hostile work environment, queer pro quo. However, I don't take a chance. Every single instance is investigated in my office, and that's what I think should be done at the city. And and while we're looking at sexual harassment, uh, we should have been looking at this particular thing where, where children are concerned. I actually participated on a task force, chaired a task force for teaching, for training every student in ninth grade. And this was state legislated. The state legislators had this task force put in place on teen dating violence. We're looking at teen dating violence, and we're forgetting about the fact that educators are actually abusing our children. Hmm. Uh, and and is ninth grade early enough? And probably not. But we were making it mandatory so that they can understand what teen dating violence was, so that they can know exactly where to report it, that the fact that they can do order of protections, you can actually do order of protections as a as a <clears throat> as a um a child. 
And so we, um, so it's probably not early enough. I think as early as 12 years old or maybe even 11 years old, you need to be explaining as early as possible about this kind of thing. You need to know what sexual abuse is. And we were talking about what the mayor has done in the last week or so. Uh, let's turn to one other thing before we move on to some other issues. Um, the mayor was uh, announcing an agreement with Elon Musk, the uh, guy who uh, is uh, the, the innovator and on a lot of things, including uh, his Tesla cars. Um, but he's it's for an O'Hare Express transportation system. Uh, you have some feelings about that announcement coming uh, when it does, which is in the middle of a campaign. You know, why is it that all of these things all of a sudden starts to happen during the time that you a person is running for office? You know, it's almost like that pre-K when all of a sudden pre-K uh, 2021 will occur when actually pre-K has declined under this mayor's administration by over 18 percent. Well, I think it's uh, especially for it to be announced today uh, in light of what's going on. I think it's, it was a calculated distraction and a smokescreen for the CPS sexual abuse scandal trying to change the narrative. But we cannot permit the narrative to be changed because our children are too important. All right. Let's uh, talk about one other thing. I want to just this is pure politics. Uh, this is a campaign, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we have more African-American candidates running for mayor than we ever have had. Uh, and that is that is a, a, a wide field. It's, it is, you know, perhaps an embarrassment of riches. But on the other hand, um, how afraid are you that it uh, fractures the uh, African-American vote and, and, and divides the African-American community? I'm of the opinion that everyone has a right to run for office. I never discourage anyone from running for office. But I, and and I, so and I'm running for mayor of the entire city of Chicago. That's why my my slogan is "Hope for all Chicago." So I'm reaching out to all of Chicago. When I run as clerk of the court, I win with a diverse and inclusionary number of people. So uh, I expect my candidacy. Of course, I am the only person in that race that has won. Uh, including the current current mayor, that has won as many elections that I have as I have won, and at the margins that I have won. Uh, in the last uh, mayoral election, only um, about five hundred ninety thousand people even voted in that race. Well, I received almost eight hundred thousand votes in the city of Chicago in my last race, so I actually have amassed more votes than most than anyone that's in the race, and have over seventeen years of experience of managing a major operation clerk of the court, over a $100 million budget with, with these huge number of employees, a huge operation. So I feel I have a, uh, a, an advantage of all of the mayoral candidates with my background. Um, we uh, cannot... Whether black or white. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there's no way we can uh, do this interview without mentioning that you, when you launched your campaign, you did it having to answer questions about a federal investigation into what some suggest is a pay-for-play hiring practice in your office. Two of your former employees were charged in a scheme to buy a job uh, and allegedly lying to a grand jury. Uh, Now a federally appointed monitor has been uh, named to monitor the hiring in that office. So how much do you either welcome the investigation or feel intimidated by 
what's going on at the federal level? I don't feel intimidated, Craig, because I know that I handle my businesses both in the clerk's office and and, and um, outside of the clerk's office professionally and properly. That's how my parents trained me to operate at the highest of integrity. I welcome the federal monitor to look at the hiring practices because they will find that we've used computers to select our Shackman uh, positions. And so that we, and we have and I actually have turned over the fact that I could have had them to give me the top three candidates and then I could have selected one according to Shackman. I didn't do that. I let the computer select them. I know who's hired when I go into orientation and say, welcome to the clerk of the court. So I know that I have ha- have had hands off. You know, I was very disappointed when I saw that people were saying that there was some kind of scheme of job selling in that office. That's why I issued the release saying that they should be charged. They should actually be charged with perjury. You should not be able to go over to uh, the the federal government and actually accuse someone of something, some pie-in-the-sky type of scheme um, without there being some critical evidence. And, I, and I'm so disappointed and, and I feel really saddened by the individuals that made a mistake when they went to the grand jury and got charged with perjury and simply because they know me. And uh, that's unfortunate. That's all politics. That's what happens in this game. And, you know, my heart goes out to them every day for that. But I know that we have handled things properly in this office, Craig. And uh, it is important for uh, for me to point out at this point that uh, that uh, for our listeners, Clerk Brown has not been accused of wrongdoing. Absolutely and, not. And even those former employees are are innocent until they're proven guilty. Absolutely. So. You know, and from what I understand, two people actually were given immunity, and they told them that nothing happened. They told them that years ago. And so, if someone get, is given immunity uh, from any kind of prosecution, and they still say nothing happened, then please believe them. Um, let's talk about something else to do with the courts, uh, because uh, let's face it, uh, the court system has been criticized at times for being a little behind the time, a little, a lot behind the times when it comes to technology. Uh, how satisfied are you with the level of technology that is there now? I mean, I'm, we're still hearing complaints that, uh, that systems are still, there's still some things being done on paper. Uh, it's still hard for not just reporters, but uh, but lawyers to get things. Mm-hmm. What? Well, you know what? I'm very satisfied with the progress that we've made. When I took over, we were probably operating in the 19th century. I had two areas that people were still recording the results of court cases in large docket books. So the first thing I had to do was bring us up into the at least 20th century and uh, and actually make those um, uh, electronic. So I did that. So over the years, I have put things in place. Imaging and document management system I put in place to make sure that everything that comes across the counter is made, is digitized. I did that in an effort to get ahead of electronic filing while the Supreme Court was waiting to approve us for electronic filing. Well, the Supreme Court finally approved electronic filing in civil case types. So in 2009, I put in an electronic filing system. You know, people continue to say that we don't have technology. but We have some of the most up-to-date technology. I have a mobile app, Craig. I'm one of the only four clerks, of course, in the entire country that you can go on your phone, the palm of your hand, and look up your court cases. What kind of tech? That's phenomenal technology. Also, starting July 1st, we will have mandatory electronic filing. I was just on a conference call. Uh, today with my staff, I monitor that. And so I'm very, very pleased with our progress in a technological area. Has the county given you as much funding as, as you need for this? Absolutely. 
not. Uh, we have not gotten enough funding to do the things that we we need to do. My programmers, we're understaffed in our programmer uh, for programmers. So we are, are borrowing uh, from this one to get that one done. But it just takes closer management to get it done. We get it done in spite of the um, deficiency in funds that we have have had over the years. Uh, that's how I've had to operate. And uh, one thing that my parents always taught me is to just get it done anyway, regardless of what it takes. Take heart and get it done. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I am political editor Craig Delamore. My guest is Cook County Circuit Court Clerk Dorothy Brown, a candidate for mayor. Well, why, let's start looking at some of the issues that are facing the city and would face you if you were mayor. Uh, let's talk about the budget. The city has crushing pension debt. It's the police and fire contracts are coming up. Uh, people need services. How are you going to pay for all of this a- and not, assuming that you're, you don't want to do this, uh, tax people more than they're being taxed now? Well, Craig, of course, you know I have a financial background. Uh, I am a certified public accountant, and I have a master's degree in business administration finance. So one thing that you uh, have to understand is that I'm not a person that just has to be told uh, what um, the best best uh, way forward is. I can actually analyze whether or not you're giving me the right thing, uh, right advice, and I can analyze financial statements with the best of them. I actually audited the city of Chicago uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. I was one of the senior managers managing that entire audit. So I understand the budgeting process. Actually, when I took office as the clerk of the court, we were operating at a deficit. And the first thing I did was put together a Revenues Opportunities Committee who actually looked at all of the revenue that was being already done, uh, collected in the office to make sure that nothing was being waived, that we were charging at the proper amount, and that and to look at why were judges waiving. I also sent them to conferences to see how other clerks, of course, in the country actually raised revenue. And we had to do the heavy lifting. We had to go to Springfield, and I helped all the clerks, of course, in the entire county, in the entire state to get more revenues and so that we could start operating in the back. That's the approach I want to take with the city of Chicago. I also want to look at some technological uh, areas. I'll be rolling out my position paper on uh, revenues, stabilizing the revenues of the, the city. But I want to see, look at technology and how can we use technology to bring more revenues into the city and look at some of the cities. And whether you're operating at a deficit or not in some of these other cities, whether you're large or small, you may have some revenue ideas that we have not implemented here in Chicago. Sometimes we feel that because we are Chicago that we don't have to look at others that we know at all, but we don't know at all. And so I'm going to be doing that as well, looking at how others have, have, have done various things. For instance, many uh, general obligation bonds, uh, New York and Denver, they've actually implemented that sort of thing. We have not done that here. Bringing it down where, where Chicagoans, where, where individuals, it doesn't have to be a Chicagoan, anyone can invest uh, to, into um, uh, those kind of bonds. I think the minimum is a thousand or something of that nature. So something like that. I'm going to look at crowdfunding uh, for that 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 help helping uh, some of our non-for-profit agencies to to do crowdfunding so that they can actually help in getting some of the things done, handling some of the services within the city, and then crowd granting. Those are just some of the some of the ideas that I have. 
that are in development right now. Um, one of the other problems that the city has had for a long time is uh, economic development. A lot of it happens downtown. Uh, yes, perhaps more of it, and I, I think the Mayor Emanuel would say more of it is happening uh, in the neighborhoods than it used to. Um, but how do you have economic development for all? Well, uh, one of the things that I am looking at is a community wealth building plan. Okay. Um, and I would have this community wealth building plan would have a, uh, a plan for every area of the city. My economic Who would make up those plans? The community, pardon? Who, yeah, um, who would who would draw the up the city, plan? This, the city. I'm sorry. So the city would create a community wealth building plan with the uh, community input, uh, so that we are actually putting in place things that the that the community would be interested in. And then, as you have a plan for every part of the city, see, right now it appears that developers drive the economic development. If they want to put a grocery store, if they want to have uh, a, a skating rink, if you will, then we actually then build it. But I want to say, what do we want this area of the city to look like? And then actually bring developers, encourage them to come and put in place what we need. And, and community wealth building has a lot to do with the schools and what's going on with the schools. It has to, re- it has to do with reducing the crime. It's not just the building um, or, or the development of the area from a, from a standpoint of businesses, but it has to do with an integration of all of the different things that affect your neighborhood. Also, small businesses. I want to create a small business development center to help people that want small businesses to, to start a small business or make sure that it's stabilized to, so that it continues. Help them with the kind of resources Connect them with legal services, with accounting services, those kind of things that usually cause small businesses to fail because small businesses many times employ more people than large businesses do. And so you're talking about jobs and developing uh, the wealth of a community through, you know, directly by having the city help small businesses as well. Um, are you not satisfied with what the city is doing now for small businesses? Because they, um, the uh, Business Affairs and Consumer Protection Office uh, has said it is now trying to do work with small businesses and, and encourage them. Uh, we have these pop-up businesses, for example. <laughs> well, the operative word is trying. It has I-N-G at the end. I want to make sure that we are actually getting it done and, and that we are, because we have, Right on my uh, street, uh, out by my house, there are a lot of businesses that have been shuttered, and it's and 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 a lot of businesses open, and then all of a sudden they're closed. I want to make sure that if you have when we have these services available, that people are aware of them and they take advantage of them. And so, uh, no, I'm not satisfied. I think that there there has to be a lot more done, and and that's what I'm going to be do as mayor of the city of Chicago. Uh, I want to turn a little bit toward uh, public safety. Uh, how do you approach police reform when we've got communities that don't trust the police and we've got police who don't trust the reform process and feel as if this is something being done to them and not with them? Wow. Well, we have to get away from this us against them mentality. Um, you know, 
the police, the cars say they are there to serve and protect. The operative word is serve. Uh, you know, as clerk of the court, I always say that I'm an employee of the citizens of Chicago because I'm here, Cook County, Chicago and Cook County, of course, because I'm here to serve them. So it, we have to, first of all, help everyone to realize that, first of all, they're there to serve us. And then, but then we're there to make sure that we have a better relationship with the police department as well. So I think it has to be an intersection between the community and the police department. And I'm going to look at it from the standpoint of criminal and social justice, fairness within the justice department, the justice system. And so my uh, paper will be criminal and social justice reform. And also I'm going to look at it from the standpoint of an integration of all the justice agencies. A lot of times when we're at Cook County, we only look at the Cook County agencies. We, we don't even include the police agencies that are sending and arresting individuals. And I, I always say we have to look at the entire, the entire justice uh, system. And I think the mayor of the city of Chicago is the one to do that. Bring the Chicago Police Department to the table along all the way to the judiciary, the sheriff, the clerk of court, the state's attorney, the public defender. We all need to work together to make that that's sure that that system is fair and there is justice for all. Uh, but it is easy to say we're going to bring everybody together, but it doesn't sound like when you get all those people in a the room, they are really talking to each other. Well, let me say this, Craig. I chair the Cook County Integrated Criminal Justice Committee. And I got I was able to get John Strozier years ago before 911. Uh, I actually started the Cook County Integrated Justice Committee and I was able to get all of the justice partners to the table uh, at the time. Hilliard was the chief of poli- was the head of the police superintendent of the police department. He came to my meetings. Dick Devine was a state's attorney. He came to my meeting. Uh, so I was able to get all of those justice partners to the table. And we started the integrated criminal justice effort from a technology standpoint. And so I just believe that that because of what's happening uh, in our society and the, the, the need for us to address all of these different things, bail reform, um, the disproportionate minority confinement, et cetera, that people sh- are willing at this point. It's, it's, it's taken a while. And, of course, most of the individuals are elected, so they have their own political agendas. But when you're able to let people know, as I did in chairing that committee, that this is not about us. This is about the system in general and making sure that it's fair for everyone. Then many times people change and they come to the table and they work together. Um, we only have a, well, maybe a minute and a half left. Uh, but I want you, I wanted you to weigh in on a one controversy involving public safety, $95 million police Academy on the West side of Chicago. It would bring jobs but it's $95 million, and there are a lot of people who have been protesting and saying that that money could be spent better elsewhere. What's your feeling on that academy? You know, I understand uh, both sides um, because I visited the police academy, and it is inadequate. Uh, I read the Justice Department report, and it talked about the inadequacy of the training of police officers in use of force, the inadequacy of training of police officers with the taser. We have to... Uh, that's something that we have to take a serious look at. We want these police officers to do better. We want to train all of them in implicit bias so that they uh, realize that, that internally, uh, subconsciously, there is some bias that goes on. And and so we're going to have to look at that. I, I think that it, there's a need, um, you know, for a definite need for a police academy. 
Um, but if we have to have that police academy built, then I just want to make sure that there's money allocated for economic development and developing uh, the rest of the city of Chicago. Yeah, and I, and I should point That's out and correct thing. myself that uh, that it is it would be for police and fire. Uh, police and fire, then police and fire, then that that the, you know that the the firemen also need a police uh, a fire uh, a new academy as well, and we need our first responders to be properly trained so that we need to take a closer look at it and see. Uh, I think the problem occurs is that that we don't we don't have enough. It's not enough transparency. There's not enough communication to the public. We're just these things are thrust upon us, and then all we can do is 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 fight it because we did not get we were not privy to the decision making process. That's going to be the final word. That is court clerk and mayoral candidate Dorothy Brown. Thank you for spending this time with us. Dorothy Brown for mayor dot com. <laughs> there you go. To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is WBBMnewsradio.com. You can also find our podcasts on radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.